Most of us as kids try to learn a musical instrument. I tried piano for a few years, but it didn't hold my interest for too long. Rather, I found my true passion while playing cello. A few reasons of why I like the cello is because of how elegant it sounds. I also like it because it isn't too high-pitched or too low-pitched. It's perfectly in the middle. But more importantly, it's because of how I have been trained by Mr. Philpott. A teacher or a coach plays an important part of how we enjoy the subject. I feel has influenced me a great deal. It's been three years and I still enjoy playing the cello. Today, I have Chris Philpott. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I was born actually in the Dallas area and grew up in Richardson. Um, I started music when I was in the sixth grade, like um, when a lot of people start music. Uh, you, that's usually when the uh, secondary program, uh, orchestra and band programs kick into gear. And so that's when I picked it up, the uh, music and the cello. And um, it didn't take but a couple of years to figure out that um, I wanted to do that with my life, make music and do it for a living and uh, so after high school I attended uh, Southern Methodist University in Dallas and then transferred to Texas Christian University in Fort Worth uh, and then eventually I moved to Florida and went to graduate school uh, there and lived in Florida for a few years ultimately moved back to Dallas because it ended up Dallas is just an easier place to make a living lately and so, um, interestingly enough, the first thing I did when I got back to Dallas was I tried to redirect my career path. And so I got into healthcare. Um, and after a couple of years of doing that, I really, I realized how much I missed and loved music and how much it was what I needed to do. And um, I've been content in music for, quite a while now teaching uh, private cello lessons in the Dallas area, mostly Frisco, um, ISD, and in Plano as well. And I also concertize a lot on period instruments, which means I play Baroque cello and some obscure instruments like the viola da gamba. Um, and aside from that, I have a few hobbies that include voracious reading uh, especially of books about theology and I also am into calligraphy and outdoorsy things including cycling um, but mostly I live and breathe music. Nice. What is your education background? Well um, I went to school in Richardson ISD when I was very young and uh, by about sixth grade well exactly sixth grade that's when I started orchestra uh, and started playing the cello and it became my primary instrument um, and after a couple more years by the time I was in seventh grade um, I actually switched to homeschooling one so that I could have a classical education uh, and study things like Latin and Greek and um, humanities alongside um, devoting some intensive practice time um, in my schedule. 
And so that's what I did all throughout high school until I graduated high school. And then uh, I got my bachelor's degree in music performance with a focus on the cello at uh, Texas Christian University over in Fort Worth. I started out at Southern Methodist University uh, because I wanted to start with a particular uh, cello professor there. But um, when he left SMU, I transferred over to TCU. And then uh, I stayed at TCU for another two years to get a master's degree in historical musicology, which is basically the study of music and culture. Um, some might call it music history to oversimplify. And um, then when I moved to Florida, I began pursuing a PhD in the same subject, historical musicology, uh, ultimately wanting to get a career in academia. However, I burn out on that within a matter of three years and decided it wasn't for me and that I even wanted to move back to Dallas and uh, sort of redirect my career path because uh, to put it quite candidly, I got in, in sort of this funk where I felt like getting into music was a mistake. Um, and so I started doing uh, prerequisites for nursing school while still making ends meet as a private cello instructor. And um, uh, the rest is sort of history because that, that really uh, took off and reminded me of how much I love music again. So I ended up really clinging to the educational path that I had set out in the first place. Wow. So would you say that homeschooling like gave you an opportunity or, or advantage in your music career? Um, yes, in many ways. And part of that was because um, it really set music as my uh, primary focus. I, um, I didn't have to worry about fitting in several um, hours of practice uh, after after, school. after an eight hour school day, the nice thing about homeschool is there's you know there's you're the only student in the room, and so it really is at your own pace, and so things tend to happen a little more quickly mm -hmm. uh, with certain students, and uh, that really freed up a lot of time for me, and it also allowed me to spend a lot of time in extracurricular music activities, which was a good hub, one of socialization, but also of um, pursuing um, opportunities to uh, sort of network and, and, and lay the groundwork for, for pursuing a career in music. If you could change something about your educational choices, would you and what would it be? Well, and um, I guess I'm going to partially answer what a lot of people do, which is I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't done things uh, the way I did. At the same time, though, I think there are some wiser choices I could have made. I And the, the, the big thing I wish in hindsight, for what hindsight is worth, I wish in hindsight that I had taken a break between getting my bachelor's degree and going to graduate school. Um, when, when one is career-minded, especially in this day and age, and uh, in my case, when I was in school, there was an oversaturated job market, you know, it's really, uh, it, it's really tempting to just keep yourself in school as long as you can, as long as you can, as long as you can. But 
the thing about college and even graduate school is um, great as it is, it can be a very sheltered environment. And I wish that I had just gotten out into the world a little bit before going back to graduate school. And I think uh, probably that would have greatly enhanced what I did in graduate school. And don't get me wrong, I'm proud of what I did in graduate school, especially the uh, writing my master's thesis and having that under my belt. But um, I would love to have had just a little bit more maturity and perspective from being out in the world um, prior to doing that. What is the best educational pathway today to get to the stage you're in right now? Well, first of all, I would say um, to do what I do, make sure it's absolutely what you want to do. Um, I had a professor um, when I was in the PhD program, Dr. Brewer, and he told an anecdote about uh, actually a jazz musician who had come and done a residency at Florida State University where I was going to school at the time. And some students were asking him about contingency plans and how to manage that exactly uh, in relation to pursuing a musical career. And he said, no, no contingency plans. You only pursue music as a career if you can't see yourself doing anything else. Which is actually what I learned about myself in the midst of trying to redirect my career path was, was like, wait a minute, I really can't see myself doing, doing anything else. So this is my passion. So first of all, make sure it's really what you want to do and that you have the drive to make it work because it doesn't have, first of all, a very, neat and tidy career path. It takes a lot of personal investment and it, you put a lot of yourself on the line, um, a lot of uh, potential for rejection, but also successes. And you need to uh, have the, um, the, um, the wherewithal to, to sustain it. And um, I mean, with some determination, it can work. And I'm happy to say I've been able to make it work and make it really wonderful, stable, rewarding work. Um, having all that established, where you pursue your education and how to be a musician, it's a little different uh, from how you might pursue an educational path in engineering. Um, For music, it's often a matter of who specifically you want to study with and who you want forming your career or helping to form your career and who you, uh, who you feel can help you meet your goals the most. And so it's really important, first of all, to network well ahead of even applying to college and see what's out there. See what uh, professors, especially if you're majoring in an instrument, uh, see what professors of that instrument are the best fit for you and um, and make sure that, that that is somebody who you feel can actually help you to push and get better. Um, so that means that um, I have not an especially neat or tidy answer for you uh, just because it varies from person to person. I wanted a very specific type of teacher, which was why actually I stayed local for my undergraduate degree and studied at SMU. Um, 
And then uh, actually I ultimately ended up at TCU because the cello professor there, and I still feel this way, his name is Jesus Castrobalbi, uh, best cello teacher I've ever had, hands down. And I still send some of my students to him, the ones who are interested and really pushing to sort of get some expert feedback. Um, and um, a lot of it will depend on the, the culture of the program as well. Um, I personally like the small liberal arts feel, and also there's a lot of potential for scholarships there in music. On the other hand, going to a big state school can save you a lot of money, and some of those programs are some of the most prestigious there is. There are, excuse me. Um, in Texas, two of the best programs in the state of Texas for studying performance are Rice University, which is a private school, of course, and the University of Texas. But also here in the North Texas area, we have the University of North Texas, and all those places offer fan fantastic educations. Um, you also have the uh, up north in New York and uh, Boston, thereabouts. You have some very prestigious conservatories, uh, the Juilliard School, the New England Conservatory. Over in Philadelphia, you have the Curtis Institute for Music. Um, some of these places uh, can be um, uh, a little cutthroat and they um, sometimes the, the overall educational curriculum there is uh, very limited and very much meant to stress music and I feel like a collegiate education should uh, present the broader picture than that. It, should emphasize what you're studying primarily, certainly, but um, I mean, to be a complete, healthy, and happy person, as broad in a perspective as possible, uh, would be ideal. So it really depends on what one is looking for. And uh, one thing that a lot of uh, musicians don't take into account is save yourself some money. Don't get yourself into a situation where you're uh, working up past six figures yeah, in, student, in student student loan students. debt. Um, it's not worth it. You can have a good career in music, but it's unlikely that your career in music will uh, pay well enough to work off that kind of debt. Um, so be smart about it and be frugal and be sensible. What is the income range for your profession? Well, it varies depending on how uh, one pursues uh, uh, his or her profession in music. I am primarily self-employed. Uh, I operate my own teaching studio in the North Dallas area and teach about anywhere between 50 to 70 students a year. And uh, at the same time, I uh, perform with several ensembles um, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, mostly in the uh, uh, field of period instrument music. And doing all that, uh, basically as a self-employed person slash freelancer, um, I am in the upper five figures. So, um, you know, doing what I do, you can expect if, you know, with, with a lot of org a personal organization to make between 50 to $80,000 a year. Um, if you, are somebody who wants to be full-time in a symphony orchestra like the Dallas Symphony or um, 
or any other major orchestra in the nation or throughout the world. Uh, those are some exceptional circumstances in which you can make an excess of six figures. And there are even conductors of major symphony orchestras who make multi-million dollar salaries. Um, now those opportunities are, needless to say, extremely competitive. Um, and um, in many cases, you, if you're at that level, you have almost a celebrity status in the classical music world. Um, they're extremely competitive and they're extremely scarce. Um, but to have a nice day-to-day um, -day career in music, um, you can expect to, um, it, with, with enough organization and hard work, to uh, make upper five figures. What are the best and worst aspects of your career? The best aspect of my career is that I am mostly accountable to me. I get to um, basically further my career in the way that I see fit and in the way that I feel like I am able to convincingly sell my product, which is mostly music instruction and uh, performance. I have my own style, my own values. Um, and so uh, it's, it's rewarding to essentially be my own boss. The worst part of this is essentially the same thing, if that makes sense, because um, you have to be very organized to do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that isn't for everybody. And also, it um, it might strike many as being a little unsettling that you know there's not going to be this this one paycheck that you get every two weeks that comes with uh, this benefit, that benefit, and the other benefit, uh, like health insurance and uh, dental insurance and 401k matching and stuff like that. Something that you might get in a um, in a job in which you're working under one employer. Um, I do have all those things. Uh, I get paid regularly, but I have to collect payment because it, I'm basically running my own business. Um, and I do have the benefits, but I have to pay a little more for them because, you know, uh, it's a little cheaper when stuff like that comes from a big uh, employer that has a lot of uh, staff working um, underneath. So the, 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 um, the accountability to myself, it's both very liberating and very empowering, and at the same time, it can be very daunting. What is next in line for your career? Well, I guess in order to answer that, I have to tell you a little bit that what I currently do is something that many musicians do. A lot of musicians make great livings operating as private music instructors and freelancers. Um, the next thing though is to be a part of something new and successful. And that's something I'm actually currently working on. So I'm part of a new 
uh, performing arts organization called Lumedia Music Works with a couple of my friends, and it is a fully functional 501c3 nonprofit organization. It has a budget, it, uh, um, and um, I, I'm not the artistic director. I'm a founding member of it, though, and so I um, do a lot of groundwork, planning, programming, personnel management type duties. Uh, and this is something that's really uh, new and unique and uh, sort of uncharted territory. I think for all of us who are part of Lumedia, but also definitely for, uh, for me personally. And so this idea of, uh, of uh, uh, spearheading something new is um, um, generally what's next in my, on the horizon for me and seeing how far we can take that. Thank you for coming to Read Up and being on my podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure, uh, Kenry, and thank you so much for having me. I think it's fantastic that uh, you do this and that there's this outlet for people who are thinking about their educational and career prospects to tune in and listen. So uh, thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. Can I ask you for um, fun? What is the hardest piece you ever played? The hardest piece I have ever played uh, it's a piece by Franz Josef Haydn, and it's his Concerto in D Major for Cello and Orchestra. <laughs>